podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, the Liver Birds are back, it's the new season, we've kicked off and we're here to share all of our opinions about Liverpool on the first day home game of the season and as the season flows through. So Leanne and Randy are with me to uh, dissect the game and talk around anything that uh, comes up. So welcome Leanne and welcome Randy. Good to have you back. Thanks for having us on. Well, thanks a lot. It's great to be able to talk about league football again. So let, without further ado, let's let's get into it. So uh, Liverpool West Ham Randy what would you like to say about our game uh, what a relief uh, <laughs> a relief it's <laughs> like that yeah but the thing is you know just being back in the Premier League just watching Liverpool for real again because I've been watching all the pre-season games that I could and I've been following everything you know transfers and all that But but now it's like the real stuff so that was the relief bit. And, uh, and mm-hmm. as usual, I'm a bit worried. I'm always worried, you know, what's going to happen and all that. But no need to worry. I mean, it was such a lovely experience. <laughs> <laughs> and where were you watching it? Were you at home or were you out? No, I was in the pub. A regular pub that we usually go to, a little gang of us that has... Uh, LFC, uh, close to our heart, and also that where we watch the um, Champions League matches. So it's been our pub for a long time. Excellent. Was there a good atmosphere in there? It was not a lot of people. I think uh, we were like 15 people that had realised it was a new season going on. And uh, so it was a small little group. We really enjoyed ourselves. So... uh, it was so nice to be back and it was so, so nice to watch that team flowing again um, with the new players and everything. It was uh, marvellous. It was. I have to say, I was um, I was at Anfield. I don't know if you were there as well, Leanne, or if you were watching the game, but it was a, there was a real buzz. Um, I mean, always, you know, the first game of the season, you know, everybody's kind of up for it. But I, I, I felt there was a, I don't know, there was a little extra excitement and expectation yesterday um at the ground Leanne where where were you watching it I, I don't I like to said I've sort of guessed it. you could be home you could be in a pub you could be at Anfield so put me out of my misery where were you for the game <laughs> <laughs> I I was actually at home uh, my mate traveled uh to to Anfield and said the exact same he said the atmosphere was was phenomenal and I think you could really tell that on on TV sometimes they dial it down and they sort of um, reduce the atmosphere so the commentary can come across a bit more. But you could really, really sense the the atmosphere through Anfield and that optimism ahead of the new season. Um, 
lots of rival fans um, I've spoken to recently in the build-up um, to the season, and they've all said, oh, are you going to tell me it's your year again for the umpteenth time? <laughs> but it, it does kind of feel like that, you know, not just from a, a biased Liverpool fan point of view, but there seems to be this consensus that Liverpool are the, the closest challengers to City, and therefore that kind of showed at Anfield with that optimism and, and really looking forward to what the season will bring. So, yeah, the, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, and and hopefully we kick on from here. Yeah, I it was it, it was interesting for me because I I didn't know what we were going to get with West Ham if I was honest because they they've signed so many players and I actually do like um, Pellegrini as a manager. Um, I thought he I thought he did a good job at City and I, and I think he's you know a bit of a gentleman, but. Well, I was talking to uh, a West Ham fan on the way up to Anfield on the train and he was saying, as far as they were concerned, this was possibly the best time to play us because, you know, it was the first game of the season and be new players bedding in and therefore, as far as they were concerned, it was a free hit. He did say to me he thought that we'd win 3-1, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he did say, you know, if, if there was a good time to, to play us, he thought, the first home game of the season or the first game of the season as far as they were concerned were, were a bit, I, I wish I had seen him after the game to ask him if he was still of the same opinion, but, mm-hmm. um, but no, it was, it was a, it, it was a really good team performance and, you know, everybody contributed. I don't think there's a, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be looking to criticise players on the first game of the season, but I don't think there was anybody you could criticise um, in, ter- in terms of, you know, how we started. And we know we can get better. We know we can get sharper. But for the first game of the season, I have to say I was uh, I was quite impressed. Um, what? What did you what did you make of uh, Kater? I mean, we obviously had two debutants, but what did you make of uh, Kater, Leanne? Yeah, you know, I, I thought he was very, very good. Um, heading into the game, I was kind of, I didn't want to put too much pressure on him. Obviously, first game in, in the new season, new surroundings and new league for him. Taking on that number eight shirt as well is always a, a bit daunting. Um, it's been, you know, a long time since we've had that. Stephen Gerrard, the last player, and he was so good for the club in so many ways. So for Cater to come in and take that shirt was one thing. But the way he played in his first game was was phenomenal. Um the the boys are AI pro with their rating um, show were saying, you know, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 performance. But probably the best thing about it was actually that you're watching him and he was gliding across the pitch, making everything look so effortless, um, teeing the ball up to Robertson for the opening goal, getting involved with, you know, dribbles through the heart of the defence. Uh, Firmino almost scored from that. And, and there was a lot of interplay there that he did really, really well and he made it look so easy. But then you've also got in the back of your mind you're thinking well this is the first game of the season he's only been with us a a couple of weeks or a month so he's going to get so much better when he beds in properly and when the season really gets up and running um so in that sense it was just a well yeah this is an abicator this is what he can do and he's going to get so much better um so you know sky match of the day bbc they're all saying the same thing this is a player who definitely looks like he's worthy of the hype and definitely looks like someone who you can clearly see why Klopp waited so long to buy him because straight away he's, he's come in and he's really making a difference and he seems to be that last piece of the puzzle in midfield. And that's 
what that's what I found really admirable about it is, you know, we signed him a year ago, and and I think he's found it. Um, I mean, he's been very professional, but I think he's found it quite hard with the anticipation of coming to our club and playing for Liverpool and pulling on the shirt and all of those sorts of things. But normally we talk about people, you know, having that acclimatisation period when they come from another league and they come to the Premier League. But he didn't look like he needed it at all, did he, Randy? No, not at all. And that's been, I've been really impressed with him. But of course, looking back at how he played in, in his former club, you, I was a bit worried that he was going to be one of those, you know, going off his head all the time and, you know, getting red cards, yellow cards. Looking at him yesterday, it was like, just like you said, Leanne, it was like he's, he was just floating about with a brilliant vision, uh, looking for the ball, uh, stealing the ball, getting the ball. Uh, the way he sort of looks at passes is like something I've never seen before. He finds space in peculiar ways and he just looks so easy. So this is just, uh, if this is just the beginning, you know, it's going to be marvellous. It's going to be the biggest, biggest player for us. Not taking a Gerard space, obviously, but, you know, it's really, really looking good. Yeah, and the, the thing is that we we are rightly impressed by his debut. But I have to say the midfield as a whole yesterday, I thought, were, were great. Um, and I probably would... You know, if I was giving man of the match, I would give it to James Milner, who I thought was magnificent, Mm. to be honest, Um, was involved in everything. You know, he's already back on the assist trail again Um, and playing with 15 stitches in his head um, (laughs) and and just, you know, sort of directing stuff, you know, winning, you know, like Cater. But bearing in mind, he's got eight years on Cater. Um, but, but he's playing like he's 20, he's playing like he's 25. I, I've just, I've grown to, to, to fall a little bit in love with James Milner, <laughs> I think. Um, and this is somebody that I wasn't, I wasn't fussed about us signing at the time. Um, you know, and I've, I, I think I've admitted that on previous spots. I, I wasn't, I wasn't that enamored with the idea of James Milner, uh, coming to our club but but I have to say he's really really grown on me um so yes I I think it was uh I think it was a magnificent effort by James Milner and a great effort by the midfield overall so I've extolled his virtues Liam what did you think of James Milner yeah I agree I think he was man of the match for me um very very good performance and you touched on the fact he had stitches in his head I think it was 15 um you know a player of James Milner's quality. You're thinking he's 32. He's in central midfield in the Premier League opener against a, a West Ham side who have five new uh, signings in that midfield looking to really get at us. And yet J- James Milner looked completely unfazed. He had so much energy, covered every blade of grass on that turf, um, all the while with the stitches in his head. I, I think that just kind of perfectly sums up James Milner and what a professional he is. Because while everyone else seems to lose their legs with age and get a little bit worse and the Premier League seems to just get away from them. It's almost like he's getting better and better with age. That experience is showing. He's got more energy. He seems to almost be getting younger. Um, 
I would say yeah. more attractive, but he didn't look great with that headband <laughs> on. So, uh, yeah. Credit to him. Great performance. Um, and I yeah. hope it continues. And again, it just shows the depth we've got in midfield because some people wouldn't even put him in our, our top three midfielders for the rest of the season. I know. Do you reckon he's got a picture of Benjamin Button in his attic? <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing I'm loving about James Milner is over the last over the last sort of twelve months or so since he's joined Twitter, he's yeah. he's an absolute hoot on social media. He just the the way he takes the piss out of himself. Uh, some of the stuff he's done is just I just it's been utter genius. So no, we we've got big love going on for James Milner. I have to say. Um, and you know, midfield overall, I thought were, were, were really, really strong, really good um, yesterday. One of the stats that came up somewhere, and I didn't realise, and I and I sort of took a, a step back and thought, wow, apparently we have not conceded a goal at home since February. Uh-huh. And. <laughs> I know. I thought kind of took a breath, and I and then I and they had a list of all of the various games that we played, um, and I think one of the one of the uh, games was obviously was the was the Roma game, um, but we haven't conceded a league goal I think since February, and we've only conceded three goals in total at Anfield. And I just thought that's unbelievable. And you go back to, um, you know, the, the squad that, that Klopp is building and, and the change that has come in since Virgil van Dyke was signed. And not a single person I know, whether they're, you know, who's not a Liverpool fan who talks to me about them, mention the money about Virgil van Dyke anymore, other than to say, I understand why you paid so much money for him. I just, I was, I was a bit stunned by that. Sorry, I wasn't, it was just, um, I didn't know whether any, either of you two had picked up on that in terms of how parsimonious, which is a word I like very much, we have been <laughs> in terms of <laughs> goals at home uh, at, at the back end of last season. I mean, right. sorry, go on, go on. I don't mind who goes. It just sounds amazing, doesn't it? And uh, thinking back at it, I I, I can't seem to have have that feeling. But when you mention it, the only goals I remember was the Roman game. So, uh, of course, nobody asks questions about um, Virgil anymore. And nobody mentions it even because, as you said, they all understand why. And this is why also I think that it's not going to be asked a lot of questions and especially now after Chelsea uh, on Alisson either unless of course something happens but but so far so good on him as well so uh, um, it's really nice it's a good atmosphere it's a good feeling about not being picked at you know like somebody tried you know all the rest of them (laughs) screaming about it well they've all stopped now it's really really nice and do you yeah. know what? It's only the first game of the season, but let's enjoy it. Sorry, Leanne, you were going to say. No, I was just going to um, add on quickly about uh, Virgil van Dijk. I completely mm. agree that, you know, no one's mentioning the 
five million price tag anymore, which kind of says it all. Because mm-hmm. at the time, everyone was up in arms, non-Liverpool fans, obviously, saying, what what are Liverpool doing there, being made a, um, a mockery of paying that much for a centre-back who actually at the time didn't have the best injury record with Southampton as well, which I think a lot of people have skirted over because it's not happened for Liverpool yet. Um, but mm. I, 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 there's one clip from the game I, can, I love so much, and it's when he shouts to Andy Robertson, yeah. stop the fucking cross. <laughs> it's, it's just brilliant because that, that's what he brings. That's what he brings to that back four. He's communicating. He's being that leadership figure that we've lacked since you know the Jamie Carragher's the Sammy Hippias someone yeah. in midfield to just marshal everyone else who was actually quite a young back four as well Robertson's not not very old um uh, obviously Trent's a youngster and Joe Gomez youngster as well so to have someone like that in in central defense is monumental yeah but but did you hear what he uh, what Salah said uh, in an interview uh, about um, Virgil he thought he was 32 years old so he looked him up on Google and he was like shocked. <laughs> what? He's like a daddy, you know, he's screaming at us, you know, he's telling us off. He was really, that was a wonderful moment. <laughs> and he sort of performs like a really grown up and, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a great anecdote. No, I did, I hadn't picked that up, but that just, you know, underlines what he has brought, you know, to, to sort of echo what you said. It's the, it's the commanding figure at the back. It's the leadership qualities. It's the organization skills and the fact that he's always talking to his defense and not just his defense, but he's always talking and always, you know, trying to ensure that people are in the right place and picking up the place. And, and you're right. It, it makes such a difference. Um, and I, I wonder if, you know, we are seeing and it's, you know, it's a very early call and I know he will still continue to make mistakes. Do we think that Joe Gomez is potentially the, the long term partner um, for Van Dyke? You know, injuries permitting and all of those sorts of things, because I know he said he wants to play at centre back. I mean, is that is that is that how you see it going potentially, Leanne? Um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. Um, sorry, you were asking about Joe Gomez, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, whether we whether we think he potentially could be the long term partner for Virgil. Yeah, yeah, I I would like to think he is. I know a lot of um, Liverpool fans and co-host of uh, Writers Pod Tom Holmes, if he's listening, will hate me for saying this, um, <laughs> but I, I do think he is a future, you know, key centre back for Liverpool. You saw his performance against West Ham. Okay, relatively untroubled. But there was one time where he did get caught a little bit out of position and misread the flight of the ball. But then he was straight back there, good pace, got the block in on Arnautovic, closed down the angles. And so that bodes well. Of course, you know, not to make the mistake in the first place would have been the best thing. But the ability Mm -hmm. to track back and to stop anything from surfacing because of his mistake was really good and really, you know, showed his maturity. And I think Virgil van Dijk is the prime player you want to be learning from. We can say the same for Dejan Lovren as well, that Dejan Lovren is learning from Virgil van Dijk. He's he's that bit older than Joe Gomez, but he still needs to learn some aspects of the game. And we've seen how much he's improved alongside van Dijk, who sort of takes the responsibility of the two centre-backs. Um, so Gomez, he's able to just keep it simple, keep things ticking over, pass it out the back and keep confidence and I think with, with Lovren now injured, with Clavan potentially leaving, um, and, 
And with Phillips, who is is a very young centre back, I think Gomez is going to get a good run in the side now. Um, and I'd love to see him do well in that and and show people that he can be a future centre back for Liverpool. Um, as I've alluded to, there are a couple of issues he needs to address, like um, you know judging the flight of the ball, which which can be a bit embarrassing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's got what it takes. He's you know you look at his physique as well, uh, good header of the ball, strong in the tackle, fast um, off the ground. I, I think he could be a good centre back for Liverpool. I'd, I'd like to, I would like to see him given a run. And I, and I think by default, um, with everything that's happened, he's probably going to, going to get, I mean, it, I, it's interesting the news about Clavin because yeah. bearing in mind our, our injuries at the moment, I'd be slightly surprised if we, if we let him go, um, you know, before the end of this transfer window, unless, um, Klopp is is really confident that you know Matip is gonna um, you know recover quickly and and is confident in you know potentially using Nat Phillips because we don't know how long Lovren's gonna be out for you know if it's a, a, because I, I read I read a, a a quote from Klopp where he said he had this injury at the end of the season and they were man- managing it. So it's not something that happened at the World Cup. It's something that maybe got exacerbated by the World Cup, but Liverpool already knew about it and were trying to manage it. So I don't I don't know what type of injury that is, if it's just something that needs rest or if it's something that needs prolonged treatment, in which case you could be talking about Lovren being out, I don't know, for the first couple of months of the season. Oh, on that basis, would you let Clavan go? I mean, I don't know, Ra- Randy. Where where is your head at on this? Uh, I'm a bit surprised that he's still here yet, actually. But at the same time, why didn't it come up before the window closed? Because now he can only go on loan to British clubs, or he could go abroad. Uh, obviously, uh, I was a bit surprised about it. But but you know, with Gormas coming up and and the other young guy that been doing really well during um, summer. So, but Martip, I don't know what's going on with him. He's always injured, isn't he? And now again, it's really a pity because he never seems to get his rhythm. So, um, I, I'm su- I'm surprised about the news about um, uh, Clavan. Don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I I I think I personally would be quite surprised if we let him go because yeah. I don't think. We've got a lot of um, we've got a lot of options at the moment. We've got a lot of we've got potential, but I don't think we have a lot of. Uh, that would be the one area I'd be sort of slightly wary of. Um, but you know, behind the centre backs, we we had our new goalkeeper making his debut, and I'm not sure how much we can really judge from a from a game where he spent half of the half of the first the second half sort of dancing to keep himself warm because <laughs> um, he had so little to do but you know we we saw a few things we we saw some footwork we saw a a bit of a flying punch out that could have maybe gone anywhere we saw uh you know one one kind of good save um what do we are we are we pleased with the signing of of um, Alliston or, or or Becker? I'm not quite sure which one I should call him now, <laughs> since he's he's 
put a Becker on the back of his shirt. But um, do we do we think he's going to to give us that? You know, De Gea six to eight to ten points a season. Um, let me come back to you, Randy, first on this. Well, I'm very. Uh, um, I don't know what to say yet because I, I feel I haven't seen him. Uh, I saw him in pre-season and uh, he had a game where he was uh, sweeping a lot. <laughs> he was playing a lot of ball with his feet, which is looking very good. But at the same time, bit scary. But probably just because I'm not used to it, I'm not used to trusting the keepers that much. So, so far so good, I would say. And I really hope that he's going to make some good saves, come into it quite quickly, so he's not sort of resting there. On the other hand, we don't want to be make him busy. Either. So <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really baffled, but I, I think he looks good, you know, and that helps. That that's okay. That's fine. He looks really sturdy. He looks really mature and calm, and gives probably gives out a lot of security to the back guys. And as long as that happens, you know, I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm I'm quite thrilled, you know, because he looks like he wants to be here, and and. And that's a good sign. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a bit of a unit, though, isn't he, Leanne? <laughs> I, I, you know, he, he there is a significant presence to him, um, you know, in in the goal. But one of the other things I seem to recall being said last season was we actually didn't give up that many chances, but the chances that we gave up were, you know, very good chances to the opposition. So, do you think he's and clearly you're not going to be able to judge him on the one game league game we had and bits and things. But in terms of uh, the type of keeper he is, do you think he's got the ability to be our De Gea and only use him as the benchmark? Because we know, you know, the last couple of seasons he's saved Man U so many points and turned draws into wins and losses in potential losses into draws. And that's fundamentally what we need. Yeah, as you said there, you know, sometimes last season we were um, giving away chances to the opposition and they were pretty good chances, one-on-ones due to individual errors from Lovren, from uh, from left-back, from right-back. Um, and and Carrius or Mignolet, they weren't maybe able to make those one-on-one saves, whereas Alisson, as you said, he's a very, very tall figure in that goal, um, really able to spread himself as well. Um, and I think, although Arnautovic's shot during the game was wayward, um, it was also part down to Allison's, you know, he covered his angles because he's so big in that goal. Um, he spread himself so well that Arnautovic had no target to aim at. And I think that was, that sort of made it look like Arnautovic's shot was poor, but it was also down to his positioning, which is maybe something we haven't necessarily seen from Karius or from Mignolet. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I do think he'll have a massive impact at Liverpool. The statisticians at AI will tell you that he's outperforming all kinds of goalkeeping stats and and is a phenomenal goalkeeper. But to put it to put it bluntly, um, Carrius and Mignolet, they're not really good enough to be Liverpool's number one. I did like Carrius, mm. but Champions League final, his confidence was shot. There's no real coming back from that. Um, so to bring in someone like Allison, proven goalkeeper, Brazil's number one ahead of Edison, that says something about his quality and. We can talk about how he's not been troubled yet, but actually give me 38 games where he's untroubled in the season and we will be just <laughs> fine. We'll probably win, yeah. the, we'll probably win yeah. the league if we go 38 games and he's untroubled. Um, but 
you know, I, I think he's shown a couple of glimpses with his distribution and with his positioning in that goal that he can make a real impact at Liverpool. And, and we've spoken about Van Dijk and how he's that leader at centre-back, but Alisson as well, he communicates really well. So them as a partnership and the back four with Alisson, they'll, they'll grow to, to really develop a partnership together. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing as well. He's a talker, isn't he? He he, yes. he likes to command, and, and I think that's uh, just going to be a good thing for us. Yeah, I I think that I think the the signs are good. So we'll take a short break here, but we'll be back shortly to talk more things about Liverpool and other opponents in the Premier League. Hi, Anne. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. And we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gags. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? So we had a great opening day, great opening win. Um, Man City, who everybody is saying are, you know, the, the strong favourites for this season, uh, went to Arsenal, new look Arsenal, first time in 22 years. They haven't had Arsene Wenger in the dugout. Um, did either of you see anything of, uh, Man City or sorry, Arsenal against Man City? Um, yeah. 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 What, it's... what did, what did you make of it? Um, you know, again, clearly we, you know, to 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 be fair to Arsenal, you know, new manager, new players trying to bed in a new system. Um, and Man City have really only signed Mares in the off season, which which is a a fabulous bit of strengthening in terms of they've got the top four assist makers. <laughs> the top three were from Man City, and the fourth was Mares, so they went and bought him. Um, so um, it's kind of an interesting statement of intent but but yeah Liam what, what did you uh what did you make of the game yeah as you said they changed manager they changed a couple of players around as well um, brought some some new signings in um I think it's sort of it's hard to tell because Arsenal they're going on a journey this season they've got a lot of changing to do and they're definitely building the foundations for that change under new management Whereas Man City, they had a winning formula last season. They could just stick with it. They only needed Mares, And to be honest, they didn't really need him. Um, it's more just that we've got money. We might as well buy this player. He's pretty decent. He can sit on the bench, come when, when we need it. Um, and so they're two, two clubs in very different uh, points in time at the moment. And so I think as, I mean, I don't think Arsenal were very good. I thought they were very sloppy uh, defensively, but I did also see why. I, I mean, 
fucking the season, but you could see exactly why Man City still leave last year. So good going forward, uh, so fluid uh, in attack, just like Liverpool in many ways. So, yeah, Bernardo Silva looks a hell of a player. They've got a lot of people to come back into this team as well. And a lot of depth, if you're looking at their bench, as good as Liverpool's was. You, you know, you've got uh, Vincent Company there. You've got Gabriel Jesus. Um, I'm trying to think who else, who came on from Mares. De Bruyne and Sane. Yeah, were, exactly. I don't even know if they were, were they on the bench or not they, even in the yeah, squad yeah. yet. They were on the bench. But uh, again, that says it all. So Man City are the ones to beat. Uh, Liverpool and Man City, obviously, the outliers in the, the opening game of the season. Um, but in terms of that game, I thought Man City were very, very good. Arsenal, they're going to struggle to get top four because, as I've said, they're on a journey this season. Yeah, I think I, I think that's fair, Leanne. I mean, Randy, did you did you stay in the pub to watch that game afterwards then? Yes, I did actually. And my um, my daughter's boyfriend, he is from London, and he supports uh, Arsenal. And he he was very anxious, and uh, rightly so. I could see through the match because they look a bit like they were, and at the same time not because there's so many players haven't played together, and they looked a bit baffled. They looked a bit, are we here yet? You know, is this is are we are we supposed mm-hmm. to play for real now? It was a bit like that, and. All the Arsenal fans was, yeah, well, they expected. They were not, you know, either worried or, or surprised, I, I guess. So, um, ah, looks like they need to change more than they actually have. Or maybe it's just the fact that they haven't played together as a team yet. Or because I, did, I didn't really see a new manager in that team, did you? I, th- I think it was... Um... It was difficult. So I was, I, by the time that game came on, we had obviously, uh, you know, repositioned ourselves from being in the ground to being, yeah. to being in the, in the bar. Um, and we were, you know, we were chatting amongst ourselves and, you know, dissecting our own game whilst I was sort of keeping an eye on the other game in the corner. And every time I, I looked up, um, Man City were either winning the ball back off Arsenal or attacking or pressing Arsenal back. And Arsenal had sort of sporadic attacks. And there were a couple of moments, I think particularly in the first half, where they looked like they could be quite fluid. But honestly, it was it was a, a Man City just started to slowly and surely just take complete control of the game. And after a while, it just looked like it was it was a bit of a procession, if I'm honest. And I, and I'm surprised it was only two nil on one level, um, because I think their overall dominance probably deserved a little bit more than that. I'm glad it was only two nil because you know it's only yeah. the first game of the season, but it does make us top of the league. Um, yeah. So, you know, take a picture now, call it the end, and let's just move on. Um. But I think I think it's gonna I do think it's gonna be a difficult season from them because the way Emery wants them to play is very, very different to to what most of those players there have been used to for the last twenty years. Um or you know, you could even say the last six to eight for for most of them. Um and I think the pre season regime or whatever, I, I don't think the players my sense, um, when Wenger was there, particularly the last five to six years was that 
A, they seem to get an inordinate amount of muscle injuries, and B, that they always went through this terrible kind of November to February um, dip and then started going going again sort of February, March time, and it was always too late. And I, I'm absolutely convinced there was something about the pre-season, the training regime and whatever it was that he put in place. So I think if Emery is given the time, um, I think he will end up, he could end up being a very good manager for them, but he's going to need three seasons like Klopp is now in his third full season for us to, I think, really see what a Une Emery side is going to look like. Um, and on that basis, I, I would be, you know, may, maybe he can accelerate it, but I'd be really surprised if they're top four, if I'm honest. Um, the other team that I was, I was slightly surprised about, but, but interested to see was Chelsea. Um, and maybe Huddersfield, a bit like West Ham with us, isn't, uh, the best, um, barometer to use them by, but I thought they, they looked a lot better than, than I expected them to, albeit that Huddersfield, particularly, um, up until the point they scored the second goal gave them a really hard time. Um, did you did you see anything of the uh, the Huddersfield Chelsea game, Randy? No, I didn't. Did you see highlights? Not at all. I haven't seen any of it. So I thought, well, good for them, but they <laughs> are not going to be as good as we are this year. I'm actually confident. <laughs> and I and I love I love your confidence. It was more, I guess, for me. You know, they managed to hold on to Hazard. They lost Courtois, but they managed to hold on to Hazard, in which in in this case, I think is probably more important. And they held on to Willian um, and managed to steal Trujillo out, of, you know, yeah. under the under the noses of Man City. So you know, they don't have a bad squad. Um, no. But but I don't know, Leanne, is, is, is it a bit like us and West Ham? Is it just it's too early to tell? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's that's part of the case. I also think you've made a good point that Huddersfield were actually giving them a good round for their money and could have or should have scored. Um, yeah, and I mean, they they did have good ch- chances. So in that sense, the fact that Chelsea were carved open a little bit by a team who are tipped by many to get relegated may actually be a positive or an indication that Chelsea aren't actually all there yet. Um, so I think. Yes, Chelsea picked up the points. That's all they needed to do on the opening day of the season. No one's going to be at their best because as good as Liverpool were, and they were great, this is a Liverpool team who can perform even better than they did. So the same sort of applies to Chelsea. They did well to get the three points. But if you're looking at that game as a neutral or as a rival fan, uh, seeing how Chelsea are maybe setting up for the new season, yes, they've got some really good players in Hazard um, and Morata and Kante people who can hurt you there but defensively I think Huddersfield showed a couple of signs that that's a a back four who can be exploited and um, you know we we were talking about Alisson a second ago and Mm. and how he's been relatively untested so far a couple of times he looked a bit jittery in pre-season but Chelsea are going to have the exact same issue because they've gone out and bought a goalkeeper who I think made 52 appearances for um, Athletic so to, to buy someone for basically over one million per appearance yeah. he's made is absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Um 
he could turn out to be a great keeper. I've not seen anything of him. And he's, of course, very young still. Um, so a lot of developing to do there. He does seem like a good prospect, but he's got a lot of pressure himself. That defence, as I've said, didn't look all there. Um, so I think there's there's yeah. positives for Chelsea in that they got the three points. But there's also positives for teams like Liverpool, who were able to exploit West Ham to death. And there's no reason why they can't do the same to Chelsea. No, and and if he, you know, if he doesn't grasp it, their their backup is Caballero, um, who I don't really I don't rate too much. Um, so I I don't think, you know, they're certainly not the finished article, and and it will be interesting to see what uh, Sari uh, looks to do with them this season. Um, one of the things I forgot to mention about Arsenal, and it's only it's only because I'm I'm sort of interested because I've seen on social media some of the response from um, Arsenal supporters, is the news that Cronkie uh, is going to be the sole owner and is likely to take them back into private ownership, mm-hmm. um, but also probably going to do something similar to Glazer and load them load them with the debt in order to buy the club out. And I, as much as I talked about, you know, Emery having the, you know, the three years and and all the rest of it, I do wonder that they now become a debt service vehicle um, to to Stan Kroenke, uh, you know, in order to 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 help him, you know, fund his his US sporting uh, outlets. So I think I think it is a, I think it's a really interesting time for Arsenal um, sorry I just wanted to, to mention that because I'd forgotten mm-hmm. to mention it earlier um, Man U are, are we enjoying the early season uh, uh, press conferences from Jose <laughs> uh, putting aside the fact they scraped a 2-1 win um, against Leicester what, what, what is going on there? Is this just purely his third season meltdown or do we actually think this is Man U actually starting their manoeuvring to, to sack him in a couple of months? I mean, Randy, what do you make of it? You know, you would have thought he'd had a holiday and time off. He'd be a bit happier, but apparently not. Absolutely. What a man. I mean, during the summer, I thought he's absolutely going to lose it now. He's going he's gonna to go crazy. He he behaves like a little child and he really sort of gives everything out. But at the same time, I think I've sussed what he's doing. He's not actually talking to the press. He's not talking to his plays. He's not talking to fans. He's talking to the board, but a very, very strange way of doing it. Because his players are going to listen. His fans are going to listen. And they're all they're, uh, lost. They... they I don't know. If that was my manager, I would think, well, fuck this. I don't want to be with this guy. I don't want to hang around here. What's going to happen? You know, but at the same time, typically they come back to it and they just continue where they were. And actually this uh, Pogba performs uh, at the same time as he has uh, tattoos in his hair saying bars and stuff like that. It's it's really a, a theatre. <laughs> I haven't I haven't even noticed that. It, it's this, a theatre going on over there. This Leanne, has he got tattoos in his head saying Barcelona? I, I thought that was just like a, a 
metaphor for like the fact that he his mind's in Barcelona. But it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but... it could it could be Paul Pogba changes his hair color every every he two does. days, so he he does what he wants. But I, I think um, Mourinho, yeah, he he's obviously not a hundred percent happy. Uh, third season, he does tend to leave the clubs. Um, but I also think he's putting out statements, uh, as Randy said there, about maybe the board not backing him because Man U were linked to, to five or six key players throughout the summer and they didn't really get any of them. Uh, Godin was the last one, obviously, and he, he just stayed and signed a new contract. So kind of used uh, Manchester United as a, as a negotiation uh, in many ways, which Liverpool have, have um, been culpable of sometimes. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's come out and said things like, don't come to the preseason games. It's just the kids. They're not going to yeah. be here. No wonder Sanchez isn't happy. He's playing with this dross. That's just not the attitude to have. Whereas it's Klopp, he's, he's a very energetic uh, manager. Some people don't like that, that he's so, um, you know, on the touchline, he's Physical. so OTT. Yeah, yeah. And so passionate um, and visibly so. But, I, I do sort of feel sorry for Mourinho in some ways, um, but you know he, he's got players there. Uh, excuse me. No, I, I mean I feel sorry for him as a football fan. I can see where he's coming from, um, is what I mean. But you know, it's I think he's going to leave at the end of the season. I think Paul Pogba wants to leave, but he won't leave because there's no way the move gets sanctioned without a replacement, and the window for us is now shut. Um, but I think. In terms of managers, but also in terms of play at the moment, I was saying to a United fan the other day, um, Klopp and Guardiola are the standout two managers in the way that they play. Mm. And football is sort of um, innovating and developing with this pass out the back style of football and very fluid attacking, um, show yourself off. Um, t- type of play but Mourinho he's sort of failing to innovate failing to go with the times and just sitting back and, and saying well you won't beat us so that's good enough for me he's not coming out and, and rolling with the punches and trying to actually land any of his own punches he's just trying not to, to get knocked out um, mm. in a boxing kind of boxing kind of mm-hmm. there. But, but yeah I think heading into the season as the opening games have shown Liverpool and Man City are, are the ones to ones to watch, and uh, there's far more to come from from Liverpool, as good as that West Ham performance was. Yeah, I think the the only other thing I'd want to say about Mourinho is, I, I suspect, uh, I you know I don't know this. This is just the, my view that part of the reason he didn't get any of the players he wanted. Well, they signed Fred, didn't they? I think they signed a midfielder, but. Um, but he wanted a central defender or two central defenders. I think most of the the targets he was interested in are at the older end of the spectrum. And I suspect the board is looking about the return on investment or the value for money. And there's no, um, there's little or no sign of Mourinho wanting to build something for the future. Yeah. And that has always in my mind, been one of his biggest um, issues is that he gets a squad of players that he really he really likes and he really trusts, and then he rinses them until there's literally nothing left, and then he walks away, and it's somebody else's job to to build the squad again. And I sus- I think that that's partly why he hasn't got 
some of the the targets that he said he told the board about because they're like why are we going to spend x amount on a 31 year old player when actually you know we want to have younger people on longer term contracts so actually we have a good resale value at the end of it as well i think they're looking at the man city and the liverpool models and to a lesser extent lesser extent spurs who you know are are known for their their ability particularly through levy to you know get a fantastic deal for the for the you know younger talented players that they develop and then you know i don't want to be known and not necessarily as a selling club but actually be able to uh realize the value of the of the asset they've got so i mean it's just just one woman's opinion um <laughs> but I, sus- I suspect that, that that may have played some part in 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 the lack of transfer activity for manu and also i'm sure i saw something on social media today that they've started a search for a director of football hmm. to come into man united and if that if that's the case then i think that is potentially the beginning of the end for Mourinho because whilst he's worked with them before he's not particularly worked well with them um, before in terms of it's just another uh, political figure to have a fight with so I, I suspect he won't be here for, for, for that much longer although clearly I want him to sign a contract extension and be there for the next three years um, so <laughs> Definitely, and 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 over over oversee the slow and steady decline of Man United to be a mid-table side. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we <we're, laughs> so we're coming to the end of this uh, first pod of the new season. So very quickly, um, before we do any other business, Randy, who's going to be your top four? At the end of the season, we're going to do a very quick predictions now. Oh dear. I've just thrown this at you. So, <laughs> so appreciate you've not done any preparation. Who's your top four? Oh, it has to be us at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it will probably be City next. And then it will be Tottenham. Mm-hmm. And then it will be Chelsea. And there you are. Okay, no United in that top I love, four. I love how you said uh, City probably in second. Like City might fall to third after a hundred-plus point season. <laughs> Just never gonna happen. <laughs> Who's your top four then, Leanne? Um, I, I've gone for Liverpool at the top purely for optimism and all that. Um, Obviously, you, yeah, you can't you, you can't say anything else at this point. Uh, City in second, they'll have another great season. Um, United in third, purely because they've got the know-how. As annoying as Mourinho is, he just tends to grind out results despite playing mm-hmm. like absolute garbage. And in fourth, Chelsea and Spurs will be fighting it out. I am going to tip Spurs purely because. Their defence is better, and if they can keep Harry Kane fit, I think that they will come forth. But uh, as I said earlier, Chelsea have a lot of firepower going forward. It's just whether they can keep it going defensively. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to disagree with you on the first two. I'm going to go, uh, because it's the first game of the season, you've got to be optimistic. So Liverpool top, City second. Um, I actually think... Whilst Spurs are more settled, I think Chelsea will get a bit of a dead cat bounce. 
and I think that they will finish third. Um, and I think, who do I think will be fourth? Uh, as much as it pains me, I'm going to go for United again because of the know-how piece. I think United will scrape into the fourth. Um, and I think both the London clubs will, uh, miss out and Arsenal may be as low as seventh. And you may get, um, you'll get a, a, a say a surprise. You'll get a, 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 a mini Leicester will finish in the other Europa League place. That's what I think, but I don't know who it is. I'm not going that far with my predictions. So, um, so we will come back to this at the end of the season and see, see how close we are. Clearly, if we're, if we're talking about making arrangements in August for, for, um, meeting up to go to the community shield, we'll know we've won something. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I predict. I, I'm predicting that we will be in the, um, in the community shield next season, having won a trophy. Um, I don't know which one though. So, uh, I know which one I want, but I just don't know which one it will be. So we come to, um, any other business. Randy, anything on your mind? Any questions? Anything you've noticed in social media? Anything you want to plug? I'm just so happy we've got Klopp and I'm absolutely delighted with the four signings we've got. And I'm really looking forward to, uh, seeing Fabinho as well when he comes on, but I have to mention, because I don't think we actually talked about him, I'm so happy about both Sturridge and Shakiri. And when they came on and Sturridge scored on his first touch, I just thought it's, it's going to have to be a sign, you know. We're going to have a bench this year. And that's the best thing about uh, this squad so far. We have a lovely bench. But actually, very good point. Uh, Randy, we haven't talked about Sturridge or Shakiri, and uh, that's that's an omission on my part because I was delighted to see the dance reappear at Anfield <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Um, and and I do think Shakiri is gonna. I think he I think he could turn out to be the bargain signing of the transfer window. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just I was sort of uh, amazed at the. He, I, I'm calling it. I know this doesn't sound particularly <laughs> flattering, but I'm just every time I look at him, the only thing I can think is thunder thighs, and um, I just it's just his, his build is just bizarre for me. Anyway, um, uh, Leanne, what, any other business from you? Yeah, I mean you've touched on two of the points I wanted to raise just just quickly. Uh, Sturridge, I loved the fact that he scored, um, and the, the facial expression actually it, it, that's what got me. Like the yeah, I've just scored my first touch and what I'm back, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. It was kind of like an arrogance, but a good kind of arrogance that he's he's going to be back. He's going to be fit and fighting. He's seen how bad it can be at West Brom, and he's come back like, oh, the Reds are a bit good. Maybe I'll maybe I'll stick around and try and <laughs> try and keep fit. Um, yeah, and he, he's making us fall in love with him all over again. Uh, as for Shakiri, his face when coming on, I, I don't know if you guys yeah. have seen it, but he looks like a guy. He looks like a guy who's won a raffle to play at Anfield yeah. for five minutes. Yeah. And he's just in <laughs> dreams awe just of come God. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, th- that was great. Um, other points, just quickly. Um, Jeannie, I thought he had a good game. We touched on Milner, we touched on Cater, but Jeannie as well. Very good game at the six. Um, 
Henderson, he's been ridiculed a little bit. I, I think this is just a genders talking because there's a clip of him when Shakiri comes on, he's got the ball sort of midway through our own half. And Henderson's mm-hmm. pointing for him to pass back to Allison, um, you know, backward pass and all all this malarkey. Mm-hmm. And Shakiri actually plays it forward into into the space for Vinaldo. And of course, yeah. people are saying, oh, look at Henderson always pointing to the backward pass. When actually, Jeannie is directly behind Henderson. So Henderson obviously does not have eyes in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. At this point, oh. we are, you know, the, the points have been won. Henderson is merely pointing for ball retention and keeping keeping the um you know the tempo going keeping it so West Ham can't can't nick a goal anywhere so I think that's just silly agendas talking but I actually thought he he came on and he did all right and again that's that's a show of our depth this season um and I think yeah. overall just really exciting football um not something you really expect from the first game of the season usually people are a bit lethargic they've just come back from from the summer from the World Cup. Um, but Gags and the, the under pressure boys will, will highlight it in more detail, I'm sure. But we were straight out the blocks with our pressing, really, really energetic from the off. And I think that bodes well for the season in which we're all really optimistic for. So, yeah, I mean, lots and lots of positives to take from that. Um, Sarge is amazing. Shakiri, love him already. Uh, Salah, great. <laughs> Mane, great. Everyone's great. We're winning the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i can't sum it up any better than that so i'm, I'm gonna say we're done for this pod so thank you leanne <laughs> thank you randy it's been brilliant and it's such a sense of optimism around the whole club and everybody at the moment and you know it's one of those things if you you know we're all pulling in the same direction it's amazing what we can achieve so let's hope that we remain this positive um for the rest of the season and frankly up the fuck Kim Reds, thank you for listening and goodbye. Life goes on day after day. Hearts torn in every way. So ferry, cross the Mersey, cause this land's the place I love, and here I'll stay. Sports Social Podcast Network.